Hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. I'm Karthik Iyer speaking to you after the first day of international cricket at the world's largest cricket stadium in Ahmedabad as India and England finished the first day's play of the third test between the two sides. With me today straight from our live coverage is Andrew Miller. Hey Andrew, how's it going? Not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. It's looking like a two-day test, so that's so, yeah, that's that's always 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 fun to cover. <laughs> two-day test. Wow, you're getting in your predictions early, are you? Oh yes, there's nothing left to predict in this one. Believe me. <laughs> Along with Miller on this podcast, straight from our ball-by-ball commentary is Deba and Sen. Deba and welcome as usual. Yes, uh, thank you very much. Uh, the only surprise I suppose about today was that the stadium is named after the current Prime Minister of India. Other than that. Uh, I thought it uh, followed pretty much a script which one expected looking at the kind of pitch that was served up and looking at the England team selection. Uh, although, yeah, they'll be quite disappointed at having been bowled out for 112. It was definitely not a 112 all-out pitch. Mm-hmm. No, for sure it wasn't. England, of course, were bowled out for 112. India responded with 99 for 3 at stumps. Kohli getting out in the last over of the day. Miller, if you had told me that... James Anderson, Stuart Broad and Jofra Archer were going to be bowling with the pink ball under lights in a day-night test match. I would be excited, but it's not the way England wanted, was it? No, you could, you could tell that they, they, they basically were, were turkeys waiting to be shot by the time they got the ball. It was, uh, it was really disappointing. I mean, Anderson and Broad have got this sort of psychological inability to pitch the ball up when they've got, got figures to defend. I mean, the, the, the situation is crying out for attacking lengths, really go for the edge, go for the full length, get the swing. But instead, they they just always do this. Every time, every time they're up against it, they just draw the length back. I don't think they'd even do it do it deliberately. They just can't help but but factor in their their bowling analyses. And you know, they were, I think it was end up with what, seventeen overs for twenty six or something by all told. I mean, perfectly pretty, you know, tight as as you could hope for. You know, perfect spinners' role, frankly, a spinners' holding roles was all they came up with. When actually, what England needed was attacking bowling to really fight their way back into the game. And ironically, the guy who could have done that was held off from the new ball because Broderson were back. Um, Joffre Archer, who I thought bowled magnificently with the new ball in Chennai, uh, I thought he should have been given the opportunity to stick it up Rohit's jumper in particular and and ruffle a few feathers. By the time he did, he got got Gill with a bouncer, obviously. Uh, but then, by then, the birds had flown. It was it was a very disappointing performance all round. I thought. Dubai and I think I have my headline for the podcast: England were Turkey, and it's not Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> yeah, no, far from it. And uh, yes, I mean overall a poor performance from them because, uh, as Miller absolutely rightly said, that they did uh, did create a number of chances with the ball as well later in the day. So. A couple of lapses in the field as well. Pope, you know, dropping what should have been a regulation catch even before Kohli eventually got out. Uh, But principally, I think the blame has to rest on the batsmen today. Uh, They just uh, didn't read the situation well at all. Uh, Perhaps to an extent, Zach Crawley was an exception. And he really played well, I thought. Because it was that kind of an innings where he was beaten a number of times. He wasn't in control of a number of uh, the balls that he faced. But when he got an opportunity, he put that away, got runs for his team. Uh, scored at a brisk pace and set the tone for that innings. But once his wicket fell, it was almost as if the rest of the batting just sort of got transfixed. And uh, even the wicket of Root, actually. So, some uh, quality bowling from the Indians. Let's not take away any credit. Uh, it was a quickish pitch and there was turn on offer. And the Indians just cashed in on that. And I think the England batsmen, for my liking, they just played back far too often. That's that's what I mentioned on ball by ball as well when Root got out. That really he should have been looking to play forward to the ball, which dismissed him. And from there on... Uh, they just sort of caved in pretty much. 
Yeah, the one positive of the day, Deban, you mentioned him, is uh, Zach Crawley. Miller, I was a bit surprised though, because Crawley is coming off a Sri Lanka tour where in four innings, his highest score was was 13. Is this Was this like a coming of age knock? Will that give him confidence going going forward into his very, very young test career? Well, if it doesn't, then then he's not paying attention to himself because it was a superb knock for as long as it lasted. I mean, that, that, that first shot to get off the mark, England's first runs of the match, a forward defence that pinged through mid-on for four. It was incredible. And and actually, the timing that he got with that very shot was a was a was a subconscious reminder to him that he did he didn't have to didn't have to go for his runs here. They, they would come to him if he if he waited for the ball and timed it to perfection. And again, the big difference you you ask he, he made a top score of thirteen in Sri Lanka. That's because he barely faced a single ball of seam. I mean, just getting a chance to get get his eye in, albeit against a fine two fine seamers in 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 Bumrah and Ishant, just the opportunity to feel bat on ball meant that he was already feeling bat on ball by the time the spinners appeared. That was the big trouble that England had, certainly the, the top order had in, in, in Sri Lanka, was that, you know, they were, they, were, they were feeling for the ball all the time and, and, and getting out to it most of the time. Um, yeah, it was wonderful while it lasted. It, it, it didn't have the desired effect that I thought briefly it could, which was a bit like Rohit's innings and the first innings at Chennai. Here was one guy who was going to, just take the game to India in spite of the conditions, just as Rohit, you know, he, he made light of the exploding deck in Chennai from the, from the first few overs and, and kept going for his shots. It didn't happen because, he did, A, he didn't get the support and, and B, he just, you know, just ran out of, ran out of steam as, as, you know, the moment Root got out just before lunch, basically killed England's innings because suddenly it was all on Crawley, whereas while Crawley was there, Root could just build slowly into his innings and just come back to what, what Debian was saying about playing off the back foot, I completely agree, except the one thing you can say about Root's back foot play in the three centuries he's produced this winter, it's been absolutely impeccable. He, he got suckered by an outstanding bowler in Ashwin, whose who's ability through the air, his ability just to, just to keep that, that, that tantalising, hanging delivery, just screw with people's minds in a way, you know, he, he obviously he, he, he gets the ball to turn off the deck as well, but... His ability to just mix it up through the air is, is what sets him apart. And Root was properly undone by a world-class bowler. Yeah, Miller, you don't see Root miss, miss the length of the ball very often, if at all. No, you really don't. And, and, and I mean, there were times in, in, in that first innings in Chennai uh, where you started to think, has he just transcended to a different plane here? Because, you know, three massive hundreds in a row and barely a full shot among them. But... The one thing he wasn't able to produce today was his sweep shots. He 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 wasn't getting far enough forward when he was going forward to play those shots that were that were getting him off strike and keeping the score ticking. And uh, so really, it was all up to Crawley and and his ability just to keep pinging his drives and flicking his fours off his legs. But you know, once once that went, England really had nowhere to go. And uh, not even someone like Ben Stokes, who again he benefited from the the knowledge that Root at the other end was absolutely impenetrable at, at, at Chennai and started hooning the ball out of the rough and taking on the left-arm spinner in, in that 84 in the first test in Chennai. Today, he was he, he suddenly thought, well, I better be the sheet anchor because there's no one left. And, you know, he plays a pretty limp back foot prod and, and is trapped LBW. It was, it was a very unstoked-like dismissal, but sometimes he can be like that. He can feel like the, the whole world's on his shoulders and he, he's, got to, he's got to ignore his, his, his instincts to, to play his natural game. So um, yeah, all in all, it was it was just a bit flaccid, and um, you know, and again, we haven't even mentioned Axa, who 
who, you know, what's that? He's in five, 11 wickets in two innings. I forget how many he got his, in his very first. But, uh, I mean, he's just landed on his feet, hasn't he? When you've got a guy at one end who's approaching his 400th test wicket and, and a guy at the other who's, who's bowling left-arm version and, and looking like he's been doing it for 20 years, um, I mean, there's not a, lot to, not a lot more can ask for as a spin pairing, is there? Absolutely. And Deban, we have spoken about this before. Axel Patel is, in effect, a like-for-like replacement for Ravindra Jadeja, who... I think in in our preview podcast and most of our preview pieces before the series started, people like India will miss Ravindra Jadeja, but they haven't. Oh, no, absolutely. Akshar Patel has uh, probably actually been an improvement considering how he's uh, bamboozled the English players. And uh, if you look at it, it's been very clever bowling because it's not been too much of a flash in terms of what he's done. He's uh, pretty much operated with almost the same action, almost every ball, uh, high arm release. Just using the width of the crease quite smartly, just getting a few balls to skid on, go straight. Those were the ones which really troubled the English players today. And uh, all in all, I think uh, it's a fascinating evolution of a player who probably uh, very early on was uh, labelled as a white ball specialist. But I think those are the fundamentals which are standing him in good stead in these two test matches. Of course, the pitches have also helped his bowling uh, to a great extent. Um, And to answer uh, Miller's question, I think it's 13 wickets, something like 10.62 right now. (laughs) <laughs> quite an incredible average to start off his test career. But yeah, he'll obviously have uh, more difficult pitches to bowl on and that's where his metal will truly be tested. But uh, this has been a great start for, from him. A very confident young man and you can see that in the way that he's bowled right through this uh, innings. I mean, just growing in confidence with each innings that he bowls in. So yeah, some worrying signs for England because their uh, their innings are gradually diminishing in terms of numbers right through this tour and slowly the Indian spinners are really coming into their own. Yeah, Aksar, in the second innings in Chennai, he finished with 5 for 60. In the first innings here, on his home ground, he's finished with 6 for 38. Deban, I'm pretty pretty sure you know the stat. Five wicket hauls in the first two test matches for India. There are just three spinners. Mohamed Nisar, Narendra Hirwani and Aksar Patel. Yeah, uh, Nisar was actually a fast bowler. Just three three bowlers in, in all. So, uh, that's, that's three a, bowlers, yeah. Yes, that's a pretty select group to get into in any case. And that just tells you that he's had a terrific start to his test career. But one must give the caveat that these have been fairly favourable pitches for his kind of bowling. So, uh, that's, that's where his test will still come. But uh, at the moment, he's doing a more than handy job of replacing Jadija. I, I have very fond memories of Narendra Hiwani from the um, 1990 England tour. But... Um... That was largely because he was pretty ineffective when Gooch was smashing 3-3-3. So let's hope Axel doesn't emulate him too closely. Although, you know, 16 wickets in your first test, you're obviously a good bowler. So, uh, yeah, it, as you say, there will be stiffer tests, certainly stiffer batting lineups than the one that England have, uh, have produced for this for this game. Yeah, Axel Patel on his home ground. I mean, he, he wouldn't have imagined Debayan even playing for, for India maybe maybe a few months ago, especially in the test format. You mentioned that he's been shown as a limited over specialist. He would have probably expected to play a role in the upcoming T20i and ODI series. But he's now cemented a place and is probably putting up a case to make the squad even when India tour England a few months later. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a tribute to the depth that Indian cricket has at the moment. I think it was on display in Australia. And uh, the first test match in Chennai probably just, uh, you know, brought in a little bit of criticism. And it was, uh, well, validated criticism because they got thumped in that first test match. But since then, they've really found their feet again. I think that was the kind of uh, kick up the backside that they needed to just uh, re-jig into action. And um, like we mentioned during the previous test match podcast, that from here on, it looks very likely that 3-1 is going to be a 
quite a likely scenario. We did say that this uh, pink ball test match could be competitive. So let's see that uh, England, how well they can exploit the conditions tomorrow in the first session. If they can pick up a few early wickets, then it could uh, still be an interesting contest here. But uh, again, uh, full marks to India for their, uh, you know, slightly harsh uh, selection call in terms of uh, what might have happened with the fifth bowler? Maybe there was a case for uh, one of uh, another specialist seamer to bring in, but I thought they did well to bring in Washington Sundar because that just adds a little bit more depth to their batting. So uh, England will still have to bowl really well to bowl India out, and India can virtually bat them out of this Test match inside a couple of sessions tomorrow. An excellent spot by Debye and Miller. England's last four Test innings, yeah, it's 178 that followed their massive 578 in the first innings in Chennai, then one. 134, 164, and today just 112. Yeah, it's not not very pretty, is it? And, and diminishing returns are exactly what you expect when when uh, you start to allow the conditions and 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 other factors to get into your head. And you can see by the end of today, England were were really starting to lose the lose their minds. And Joe Root, who's usually so placid, was arguing with the umpires about admittedly slightly um slightly offhand TV reviews, but. Again, these are things you can't you can't factor these in, and likewise, grumbling about the footholds. I mean, if you didn't pick three heavy limbed seamers to to pound the pitch, you're not going to make massive great footholds in a dusty wicket. So you know you've 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 made your own bed. You've got to lie in it. And the more that England allow their grievances to to eat away at them, the more those grievances are going to compound for the next time they have to actually front up and and put their their best foots forward, so to speak. So. I don't think they're going to get out of this hole. I mean, I, I take your point. It, it, there is a chance to to bowl India out reasonably cheaply and certainly conditions to do so tomorrow. But I can't see England finding the wherewithal in their batting to to put enough runs on the board to, to turn this game around. I mean, largely because, I mean, you know, if you look at the way that England got out, it, it wasn't magic balls that got them out. It was, they were spooked by the fear of what might happen if the ball turned and largely they were beaten by the ones that didn't turn I mean Zach Crawley uh, was probably the, the the least culpable and he got an incredible double whammy one that absolutely ripped past his edge and then the very next ball same spot thumped his pad um, but you know Joe, uh, Joe Root was was beaten beaten in flight uh, Ollie Pope played around a played around a straight one essentially Ben Stokes played back to a straight one Ben Folks hooned across the line in a straight one. These weren't magic deliveries, and um, but there were enough massive turners in the course of the day to just freak England out. Frankly, um, they've they've got to, they've got to dig in somehow, somewhere. But it may have to be next test, in my opinion, and try and get a series leveler uh, rather than this one. I, I fear this one's gone already. Yeah, the only wicket today taken by India by a non-spinner was by Ishan Sharma Deban, who was playing. A momentous test for him is 100 tests. And A, it's extremely impressive that a fast bowler, particularly an Indian fast bowler, one from the subcontinent, has reached this mark of 100 tests. It does not happen extremely often. And I thought, even if he ended up with just one wicket, I thought it was thoroughly deserved. And I was feeling so glad for him with that smile when when, when he finally had a domestically caught in the slips. Oh, yes, absolutely. And in fact, uh, I'll, I'll tell you something more which was fun about that. Uh, I was just tracking some of the tweets leading up to that first wicket. And uh, there were some suggestions in some quarters that this was, again, a flat track. And it was, you know, memories of the Chennai first test coming back for a few uh, viewers around the world. And that wicket just opened the floodgates because it just showed both teams that, no, there is a lot of life on this wicket. There is an opportunity for bowlers to actually strike it big which we saw right through the day that bowlers were kept interested right through the day, whether pacers or uh, spinners. 
and yes uh, just reward for ishant and just to plug you know that outstanding interview that uh, nagraj did with him which gave an insight into how he's a pretty uh, mature and you know thinking bowler he's he's actually one of the better thinkers of the game in this uh, indian team and uh, you've seen that uh, come true in the last few years the way that he's turned his career around from somebody uh, as uh, karthik also wrote in his piece uh, karthik krishnaswamy that he's gone from a workhorse the unlucky workhorse to pretty much one of the aces in the pack so uh, yeah i mean well deserved credit to him and the fact that he's still only 32 uh, perhaps has still three four more good years in him and uh, maybe he can overtake something like uh, kapil dev's 131 test matches mm, unlucky ishant is that that's a very famous phrase uh, miller in indian cricket uh, folklore at least how how is ishant sharma viewed Where, where you're at, say in England or across the world, maybe as as a Test fast bowler. It's a it's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, I I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Um, I think I mean, obviously, his longevity has has um, on the one hand brought him to prominence. People notice him more now that uh, you know he's 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 racked up 100 Tests and and is you know is rivaling Broad and Anderson for for the amount of time he's been around the block. Um, but I don't think he gets the gets the the dues. I think you know when it comes to Indian seam bowlers, I think Kapil Dev remains sort of pre preeminent in in the English imagination of what an Indian seam bowler is. And again, Kapil, for all his magnificent all round abilities, was was a little bit I think we a little bit patronised. He obviously got massive great swing in in helpful conditions, but in Indian conditions, he he was that workhorse, wasn't he? And and I certainly remember those latter days, latter years when he was, you know, doing pretty much what what Hamilton Broad have been doing. To be perfectly frank, uh, bowling sort of six, seven overs and, and not not conceding much, picking up two or three wickets. I think it, I think it's hard for 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 bowlers, pace bowlers, to get their get their due reward in you know when they're not when they're playing the bulk of their games in unhelpful conditions. Um, so I, I I applaud him for reaching this landmark. I, I hope that he that he gets. remembered more fondly outside of india than 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 he is in india as well so from one sharma to another debayan rohit sharma the best indian test opener if not batsman going around now yes you know that i never tire of uh, speaking you know well of uh, rohit sharma <laughs> and in fact uh, on another theme i was thinking before this test match uh, how you know gaurav uh, sundaraman and i have mentioned the 1993 tour when england came to india and the parallels that we are beginning to see you know india employing three spinners in chennai in the second test match getting an innings victory and we know what happened in the third test match when uh, the two teams went to the western side of india they went to mumbai and a mumbaiker by the name of vinod kambli scored a double century so well who knows maybe rohit sharma is on course to get a double century i'll i'll tell you something even if he gets to 100 here that will be a stunning feat on this pitch because he's really batted well uh, he's he's given a couple of chances but i think that will come on a pitch like this where you need to uh, make every opportunity that you can to score runs but he's done that beautifully i think he's shown how to bat on this wicket batting close to his body defending close to his body and some of the shots he's hit are absolutely uh, you know great trippers and let's see i mean let's see how far he carries on tomorrow because i think the longer he goes uh, the longer it stretches out this indian innings and just completely uh, i it just does, doesn't just uh, knock england out of this test match but it just knocks the stuffing out of this england team because uh, the fourth test match is also here in ahmedabad i'm sure it will be a similar wicket and yeah by that but by, by that time the body language of this england team might just be dead and buried so a crucial day coming up tomorrow if england need to stay alive in the series they need to really fight hard and uh, make uh, the first session their own 
Rohit Sharma's batting on 57 with India at 99 for three. It's impressive, right, Miller? That I think until the last last half hour of the day's play, Rohit was going at a strike rate of almost 80. Yeah, it's remarkable, isn't it? I mean, I I I still think the most eye-catching innings of the day was Zach Crawley's, but Crawley got to his 50, I think, in 68 balls, and Sharma, in spite of having to grind his way through Broad and Anderson drop bowling dry with a new ball, he got to it in 63, which is which is incredible. I don't know, I don't know where his acceleration came from. It was it was just suddenly he was he he miraculously Mr. Magoo had just suddenly appeared out of nowhere. It's like wow, I don't know I don't know how he's pulled that one off. <laughs> and again, it, it, it's exactly. Very different, very different innings to to his innings at, at Chennai, but exactly the same agenda setting on the first day of a Test match. Obviously, he got his one six one there, and and you know put the game out of reach in a different way by batting first. But he's he's done the absolute needful in this in this innings. He's 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 got he's got more than half England's runs already off his own bat, and um and he's he's looking good for several more. So uh, all all credit to him. He's 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 done exactly what England's batsmen broadly speaking, have failed to do, which is find positive intent while still looking absolutely rock solid. All right then, Miller, let's get in your predictions. Will we see a Rohit Sharma repeat from the second test in Ahmedabad? I don't think we'll need to. I think England will probably find some wherewithal to bowl India out tomorrow, but I would be surprised if England have got many wickets left to fight with by the close of play. Uh, I, I, I facetiously said two-day test at the start of this pod, I'm still not ruling it out. I, I think it's an entirely possible that England could be bowled out for for less than a hundred second dig, and you know that, what could that take? A few, a few, few, few overs over a session, maybe. But England today, they were at one stage. They were at seventy-four for two. They lost their last eight wickets, Miller, for for what? What is it? Thirty-eight runs. Then yeah. they they need to do something like that to India, right? If they're to have any chance. Yes, absolutely, and and it's possible. It certainly is possible. I mean, Jack Leach, I thought bowled very well. We've not really mentioned him. He, he's got Kohli again. He's got Pajara. I mean, he's 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 doing everything you would hope for. But the trouble is, he's England's sole spinner. If you rule out Joe Root, and we saw what what damage twin spin can do on this pitch. I mean, England basically have been seduced by the fact it's a pink ball and the potential for seam. They tried to play the test as if it's an English test. Um, they've discovered very, very quickly this is very not an English test. This is a very Indian test, very Indian conditions, a very Indian crowd as well. And um, yeah, they, 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 they're fish out of water a little bit in this, in this first day, I'm afraid. Hmm. When we started this podcast, Deba and Miller predicted a two-day test match. I'm going to say you're going to be a bit more pragmatic and say this will go into day three. Yeah, I think so because I simply think that the Indian uh, batting has enough depth in it to maybe carry on till about T tomorrow, or if not more. Uh, let's not forget that India have an extra left-hander in the lower uh, middle order as well. So, Panth, uh, Patel and uh, Sundar coming in, that'll also help neutralize Leach a little bit. Which is why I can imagine, you know, Rohit Sharma making this a big one if he gets some support at the other end. And let's not forget uh, Ajinkya Rahane, who's also out there in the middle. So, there's still some good batting in the shed. Uh, first session crucial, as I said. If England are able to pick up a couple of wickets early, then it might be a bit more of a contest. Otherwise, I can see India maybe going on to about... 350 to 400 and if that happens then yeah it's just a matter of when England get a chance and how far they're able to get and whether they can beat their first inning score of 112 I suppose. <laughs> well one thing's there that day night tests are never not fun to watch. Divine and Miller thank you so much for joining us today on Stump Mike. We'll chat with you very very soon. Thank you. Marvel.